Welcome to the Fantasy Football Brothers Podcast. My name is Blake, and I'm here with my younger brother, Carson. We are on to week 17. Let's do a quick update on the game picks. I have 143 correct, 97 incorrect. Carson has 150 correct, 90 incorrect. Carson, how are you feeling after this last week? I, I guess I'm feeling pretty good. I like how clean those numbers look, the 150 and 90, if that means anything. Um, we are. This is going to be our last week doing matchup previews, but as we talked about last week, we will do a predictions for next week just to give Blake a little bit more of a chance to maybe catch up to me. It's going to be tough, though. Um, but yeah, we're coming down to the end of the season uh, for fantasy and uh, could be the final matchup for most leagues. I would say that it should be mm-hmm. the final matchup for most leagues. If you are in a league that does week 18s as part of final i would say move away from that because teams start benching the players and that's just not a fun way to go out after having a really good season uh, potentially for the entire year so that's my opinion i think blake feels the same way yeah and agreed 100 uh, yeah you can jump right into thursday night football all right let's do it and i think i know who you're picking in this one but it's cowboys at titans uh no ryan Tannehill and you know, you're anti-Titans to begin with, so this is an easy Cowboys decision. I am not going to rock the boat on this game, um, but let's talk about these teams briefly. Lineup locks include Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, Tony Pollard, who is traveling, making the the trip to get there, and then warming up. He's got a bit of a a questionable designation Mm -hmm. for this week, and then obviously Ezekiel Elliott. Um, If both running backs play, they're both usable. If only one plays, they're uh, arguably a top 10 option pretty easily yeah yeah it's been uh, good to see them on. have a high enough floor to start because that has been annoying for a very long time but that is good for them yeah um dalton schultz is a fringe starter uh considering he's struggled in back-to-back weeks scoring outside the top 20 in both games but tennessee is a positive matchup for pass catchers i know i know it's not the most glamorous but uh, it's a positive matchup, so I think he's still inside the top 10 consideration at tight end. Yeah. Uh, lastly, Michael Gallup is a risky flex, although he has had six or more targets in four of his last five games, so I know that you like that, Carson. <laughs> yeah, but it seems like there might be too many mouths to feed. I wouldn't want to be depending on Michael Gallup. I mean, Schultz is kind of a different story. He says tight end, as we always talk about, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I'd want to depend on Gallup getting enough, even if the Cowboys potentially do put up a lot of points. But if it's not competitive, they're not going to be needing to continue to score and score and score, and that's what you might need for Gallup to be relevant, potentially. But he didn't. Mm-hmm. obviously he didn't do amazing yeah. last week when they scored 40 against the Eagles. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, if he was going to do it, he was going to do it then. So that might be my opinion. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a reason I called him risky, there right? There you go. Uh, let's talk about the Titans now. And with no Ryan Tannehill, the pass catchers are kind of off the table in terms of consideration, including the rookie Chig Okonkwo, tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we're talking about Derrick Henry with a hip issue. He would be the only lineup lock, but he has the doubtful tag this week. Yeah. So it's not looking good. I feel like most of the time players do not overcome that doubtful tag whenever it's placed on them midweek. So... Seems doubtful, but if he's active, you're starting him. So there you go. Yeah, we're both taking the Cowboys. Yeah, and let me ask you this. This is a little off script, but Hassan Haskins, the rookie running back, could be the lead, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, with a little bit of... Uh, I want to get his name right. Actually, I'm not seeing the other guy. Is it Hilliard? So, Julius? Or is he injured? Yeah, I'm, I'm, that's that's what I was looking for, but it looks like he's not available for he this might game. Be injured. Um Either I don't way. think I'd be looking to play any in the interest backups, in... no. I, I think this is the Cowboys' defense is tough, so 
Derek, there, and there's one. There's only one Derek. Yes, Henry. Derek Henry's matchup proof. I don't know if you can say the same about many other running backs, let alone backups. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, uh, this is not a good offense. I love this team <laughs> so much. Yeah. So I wouldn't be looking to start them if he was out. Agreed. Um, and uh, let's move on. Yeah. Next up, we've got the Cardinals at the Falcons. And here's somebody that we talked about kind of leading up to the trade deadline in fantasy, James Conner. He has weekly finishes of RB5 or better in four of his last six games. That's really good. Uh, His worst finish in that span was RB16, so Conner should still be a top 20 play regardless of who's playing at quarterback, right? Yeah, I agree. I mean, he seems to have found his stride right at the right time for fantasy managers that have him. So, yeah, ride it out. Most definitely. Uh, now talking about the pass catchers, this is kind of a, a, a bit of a confusing and, and challenging topic. So right now the report is that Colt McCoy will be the starter once again. Uh, we saw Trace McSorley last week, and it was uh, not pretty. But it hasn't been very good with Colt McCoy, to be fair, either. So I want to talk about DeAndre Hopkins. He's the big name in this receiving core. He caught just one of his 10 targets for a measly four receiving yards. Is Hopkins ceiling too high to bench despite the subpar play at QB? So we're about to talk about Greg Dortch, which adds another layer to this, of course. But I think for Hopkins, Mm -hmm. I think his ceiling, yes, might be too high. Because usually when you have a backup quarterback... They rely so heavily on whoever the clear top option, receiving option on the team is. And the right. fact that he got 10 targets is a testament to that. So I wouldn't be looking to bench him. Um, you can continue talking about Greg Dorch, and that adds another layer, as I said. And then you'll talk about Marquise Brown, and I kind of have a different perspective on him since he isn't that top guy. Yeah, I think kind of the main takeaway for all of these pass catchers is just lower expectations in general with the backup at play. Um, With Greg Dorch, he did his best DeAndre Hopkins impression, catching 10 of 11 targets for 98 yards. So that was great if you had, you know, the the gall to start him. Uh, He also handled three carries for 25 yards. So, you know, along that same line, is Dorch flex worthy for this week? I think he can be, but I think when something like this happens, when it's the unexpected receiver, especially with a quarterback change that occurred that caused it, I feel like that stat line ends up switching back to the player that you expected. Um, so I don't know if it's I don't know if it's fair to call it unexpected because we've seen yeah, when Greg Dorch has gotten sorely. the majority of the snaps. <laughs> or no, no, no. McCoy. But listen, listen. Even with even with Kyler Murray, he was getting double digit fantasy points every single week yeah. that he played over. 55% of the snaps. So I think that honestly, when Greg Dorch is on the field, he gets used because he's in that Rondell Moore role, yeah. which we heard from the preseason that Cliff Kingsbury was going to get more involved. Um, I think that the fact that we are dealing with backup quarterbacks kind of lends itself to that slot receiver, which Greg, Greg Dorch clearly is, to have an elevated role. Um, yeah, I mean, that's why I still think he yeah, is flex-worthy. I, I agree. I, I, I don't think yeah. he's going to go all the okay. way down to Hopkins' one catch. But if you read the two stat lines without seeing the names of Hopkins and Dorch this week, and you had to put money on who was who, you're not putting Dorch as the 10 catches. That's what I mean. That's what I mean is surprising. Yeah, I mean, that's why I said he made he did his best DeAndre Hopkins impression. Yeah. I mean, it was, so it I mean. was an unexpected uh, result from that perspective, but it was more the fact that Hopkins underperformed, not that Dorch did perform yes. so uh i think you lastly marquise brown might be a different story for marquise brown so yeah go ahead 
Yeah, Marquise Brown has four consecutive weekly finishes of wide receiver 42 or worse. I would argue that he has to be seated think, yeah. on your bench. Um, this is this is potentially the last matchup of the season. You can't plug someone in who's been that bad um, and expect good results. Yeah, I figure, like, like I said, Hopkins is the top guy. I expect him to be fine and bounce back from this just because of that's usually what happens whenever there's like a de facto wide receiver one in an offense in the back of quarterback dorch i presume gets a lot of short receptions marquise brown what mm-hmm. i know about him is not that really that player so i would really bank yeah. on the person that gets those short receptions in this out of the slot whenever there's a backup qb who can just check it down to him rather than relying on brown just booming like he can do but he hasn't done it since Right. Hopkins has been back at all, or when he's been back from injury, those two things kind of well, coincide. But... Yeah, since Marquise Brown has returned from his uh, from his foot injury, he's played a lot different. Yeah. And yeah, the the uh, the return of DeAndre Hopkins is very noticeable on this offense. But yeah, also uh, just yeah, yeah, uh, bad quarterback play. So last thing we'll talk about with the Cardinals, JJ Watt announced his retirement oh, yeah. uh, for the. So this is his final season. Um, I think he's going to make the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I don't think that there's really a, a good argument against that. He's been a very impactful defensive player all of his career, multiple-time defensive player of the year. Um, just kind of disappointing that his career didn't exactly ever result in any uh, yeah, never won a Super team Bowl. accolades, yeah. we'll say. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that is... yeah. So, um, J.J. Watt, pass on the torch to uh, his brothers T.J. and Derek. And, uh, have there ever been we'll siblings on. been both like a pair of siblings or more i guess but probably only a pair it'd be unlikely to have three like derek's not making the hall of fame i'm basically asking if tj watt makes the hall of fame would they be the first siblings to both make the hall of fame maybe that is a that's a great question um i maybe. don't know that uh, i don't know that trivia off the top <laughs> look of my into head. it if you're curious i think it could be possible <laughs> yeah there's some homework for you viewers there you out there okay so uh, let's talk about the Falcons on the other side of this matchup. The home team, the uh, three-and-a-half-point favorites, which is uh, not all that surprising yeah. considering how uh, Arizona's been disappointing all season long. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk about Tyler Algier, the rookie. He seems to have played his way into lineup lock territory. Weekly finishes of RB8 and 12 in his last two games respectively. What do you think about that? I think, you know, I picked him up in our main league last week, did not play him, but he did well on my bench, and yeah, definitely in consideration. You don't like the fact that uh, you need him to rush for almost 100 yards and then maybe him get a touchdown to boom because he's not getting a lot of recept- a lot of receptions, but he is rushing so, so well that it's hard to just, like, turn away from him. So yeah, I think that's not unfair. Yeah, I mean, six targets, five catches, and 40 yards. Okay, that was better than the last two games. Yeah, I mean, that's fine, but he gets most of his points on the ground for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, I would say he is worthy of making your lineup uh, unless you have ridiculous depth. Um, Lastly, let's talk about Drake London, another rookie. Uh, A lot of talented rookies on this Falcons team for sure. Uh, Drake London has re-entered high-end flex status since Desmond Ritter became the starter. With Ritter, he has 14 catches on 20 targets for 166 yards. Not bad. Yeah, that's solid, and that's what you wanted from him. Even if Ritter isn't throwing the ball a ton with a lot of volume, 
London gets a lot of those looks, and that's how he started the season looking good and then kind of fell off, not by not any fault to his own. But, yeah, I think I'm going to take the Falcons. It is kind of weird to see those two team names and see them as the favorite, but I think they got more of an identity. They got, they, they're switching to the rookie. Seems to be working a little bit. Not like they put a lot of points up last week, but the Cardinals are not looking great. So, Yeah, I'm going to join you on that one. Yeah. All right, let's move on to division matchup. Chicago Bears at Detroit Lions. Uh, first and foremost, Justin Fields decimated fantasy managers' playoff hopes and dreams due largely to his seven rushes, resulting in just 11 yards last mm. week. Uh, Fields had been a QB1 for eight straight games before this fantasy implosion against the Bills. If you're still in the running for a fantasy championship, should managers give Fields another chance now in a much more favorable matchup? I think the fact that it's a much more favorable matchup, it's hard to say that you can't give him a chance. If anything, this shows how much better of a defense the Bills might have over the Eagles, potentially, at least at locking down Justin Fields. But sure. I think that, yeah, I mean, it just definitely depends on if, you're, if your backup QB has a high enough floor and if it was a two-week final matchup in your fantasy playoffs, how far behind you are. And if you're further behind, I think you're more inclined to start Fields again because he has that boom potential, and it is a better matchup. Yeah, the home run. So I think you don't have to bench him. How about that? Because it is a much better matchup. Mm-hmm. So there is some reason to why he imploded last week, as you said. Yeah, no, that, that I agree with that. Um, David Montgomery, who has been a top 20 uh, kind of fringe running back, like an RB2, since Khalil Herbert was on IR. Uh, that is no longer the case as Khalil Herbert is back in play. So David Montgomery kind of reverts back to a high-end flex at Detroit. Any thoughts on yeah, that? Yeah, I guess he still makes your lineup. But yeah, you wish for fantasy purposes that Herbert wasn't there to take away any goal line carries, especially for Montgomery. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the Lions. Jared Goff is QB9 on the season. What's happening? What, what's going I... on? Uh, yeah, I see that you have name game because I that is surprising to see that QB ranking for him. I mean, I know he's had a few yeah, games so- of like over 30 points, so he's just kind of sprinkled that in. I don't think his lows have been as low as they have been like last season they were. Yeah. Uh, no, certainly I think he's kind of found his role in this offensive scheme a little bit better um, in his second year with the team. Um, but yeah, I'm going to do a quick name game. We have done this only a handful of times the whole season, but I'm basically going to name a player um, to go up opposite Jared Goff, and you choose if you want the player I name or Jared Goff as your starter. Okay. So first, and I'm just going to go down the line until we kind of you know establish a top ten or so. Okay. So Dak Prescott or Jared Goff, and Dak Dak is against the Thursday night against the Titans. I think mm-hmm. Dak. So just go with your gut. Okay. Without even looking um, at like stats or scores, yeah. I guess that's my gut. Okay. Um It's going to take a minute. Sorry. Okay. Uh <laughs> No, this is kind of on the spot. Okay, how about how about if Jalen Hurts doesn't play, you play Gardner Gardner Minshew Oof. against the Saints? Oof. He he was hot last week. Yeah, he did well. I, I think I'd be inclined to take Goff, though, looking at his stats, especially from last week. I, I think Goff, okay. but that's a close one. Tom Brady or Jared Goff? <sighs> Goff, honestly. I talk about Brady later. He's right. He's got a bad streak of interceptions. Goff hasn't thrown an interception since week nine, if you can believe it. Okay. 
the, these two players are in the same game, Deshaun Watson and Carson Wentz. Oh, gosh. Or Jared Goff. Oof. Probably Goff over both of them. Okay. Ah. So I think that says I think that says enough, honestly. Yeah. Um Jared Goff is unless you have like a top five, six talent, yeah. you're probably playing Goff. Better off playing Goff. Yeah, I mean do you agree um, with and my judgment on those? Like the, yeah, I think you could play Goff over those players. No, I do. I think I think there is a short list ahead of Goff that I would feel more comfortable yeah. um starting. So it's just it's bizarre to say yeah, it is. QB nine. Um Let's talk about the pass catchers now. DJ Chark has scored 14.8 fantasy points or better in three of his last four games. I think he's a low-end wide receiver, too. Um, And Amon Ross St. Brown, obviously a lineup lock. His ceiling uh, among some of the best in the NFL. Now on to the running backs. DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams have both been borderline unusable in fantasy over the past month. But it is an RB-friendly matchup against Chicago. Is that enough to make either or both of these running backs a flex consideration this week? Gosh. See, like, I I want to value Swift higher than Williams just because of receiving work, but Swift has not been able to do anything consistently without getting rushes. So if it is RB-friendly, like it was, because I talked about the Bills later, they ran all over the Bears, which is uncharacteristic for them. Um, Yeah. But, oh my gosh. Like, I'd probably take Tyler Algier over both of them. I think that's fair. Yeah. And that's weird to say, no, too. No, I think that's totally fair. It is. Um, you worry the thing with Jamal Williams ahead, is yeah. he, hasn't, he hasn't found the end zone in three straight weeks, and that's really hurt his totals. We've talked about it for most of the season that his stat lines have been, for, for better or worse, pretty fluky yeah. and touchdown dependent. Um, I do have more faith in DeAndre Swift between the two of them, yeah. but it's not great. No. Um Swift has been very boomer bust. He's just not getting enough touches, yeah. and it makes it a challenging call. I will say this: I think if you are desperate, DeAndre Swift can be a flex. Yeah, it's just the touches. It's so difficult, and if they just want to run all over them, that could mean just more for Williams and not even that much more for Swift. Or could it? I don't know. It's really hard to predict because <laughs> both of these yes. running backs were their last season, and there's a reason why Swift going into this season was drafted at, like, the end of the first round, beginning of the second round. Like, uh, it doesn't make sense as to why he fell off so hard. I know he struggled with injury a little bit early in the season, but I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. It'll be uh, it'll be interesting to monitor going into drafts next yeah. season, for sure. And the Lions are playing right. for their playoff lives, right? They still in that race? Uh, surely. as At 7-8, and eight, they must yeah, be. Yeah, the Bears are yeah. not. No, at three and twelve, I would there say no. Um, yeah, we're both picking the lines. Uh, moving on, Jaguars at Texans, another divisional matchup. Trevor Lawrence is QB five on the season, wow. but Houston ranks fourth against quarterbacks. So I'll ask you: Does Lawrence deserve a name game of his own this week, or is he a must start? Um, I mean, I know there are situations where you could have an elite quarterback and still have Lawrence for where he was drafted in uh fantasy drafts or picked up off of waivers yeah, yeah so i think that if you have like a okay how about this because i think the person i'm playing in our fantasy championship i believe he has lawrence mm-hmm. and kirk cousins and so cousins. between those yep. two i think that's a name game you could play but outside of that like mm-hmm. one situation i think lawrence is a must start 
Okay, so the, so that means you actually view uh, cousins pretty highly. I have you, he's been slinging it. I'll tell you later. I'll tell you later. <laughs> I'm sure you, you know. Later. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I'll talk about his stats. No, later, I do. But he has been doing extremely I do, I do. well. I mean, they both have. Yeah. yeah. There's there's a good reason that uh, that he is in the finals yeah, they, with those two they, quarterbacks. They start going right at the end there. Very perfect timing for him. Yep. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of on the same page with you. I think that Lawrence is, depending on if you have, you know, if you have Mahomes, if you have Josh Allen, if you have Jalen Hurts, you're not starting uh, Trevor Lawrence ahead of those yeah. guys most likely. I mean, uh, especially the first two. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a very short list. I think he is, uh, especially in a ten ten team league, he's a must start. Yeah. Uh, moving on, Evan Ingram, who has been just absolutely red hot over the past mm-hmm. month. And Travis Etienne, who's beginning to find his footing once again, I think are lineup locks, especially given the matchup. And despite being ranked inside the top 22 on the season, Zay Jones and Christian Kirk are both boom-bust options at wide receiver. Um, I still prefer Jones over Kirk, based on what we've seen over the last month and a half or so. Um, But what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's difficult when the recent hot streak of Lawrence has really only made Ingram completely consistent and reliable and jones and kurt kind of trade so yeah i think it is difficult i don't know really about a preference between them two personally but you might just have to if you have one of them you might just have to just cross your fingers that it's that it's that wide receiver that's gonna boom and but ingram is looking so good and i'm happy he's still staying healthy because he's looked talented throughout his career but just struggled with injuries and then yeah etn Mm -hmm. um it's it's a better matchup for him to be a running back than it is for this offense to throw, but I'm sure they'll still be able to do both pretty well. Yeah, that's the hope. Um, Moving on to the Texans on the other side. Houston picked up just their second win on the season last week, and Brandon Cooks scored 13.4 fantasy points on this stat line, four catches, nine targets, 34 receiving yards, and a touchdown. Uh, So is Cooks a flex consideration or too risky for Week 17? I think too risky. I agree yeah. with that. Ready to pick this yeah. game? Yeah, I, uh, I I predicted the Texans' second win of the season last week. Wasn't it against the te- against the Titans? So I guess that makes sense. It was. But yeah, I think the Jaguars—they're yeah. playing for their spot in the playoffs too. I'm pretty sure it's in their control if they win mm-hmm. out. So yeah. Yeah. Yep, they are the uh, current division leaders, and so if they win out, they will secure their spot. That'd be exciting. I I, um, I think I was a little bit of a Trevor Lawrence hater, a little bit. Um, maybe that's just because of my grievances with college football um and just clemson in my opinion game they're very easy that's a whole different story but i think that he's really mm-hmm. proving himself now and it's exciting to see and it'd be cool to see him in the playoffs so soon in his career he is he he's most definitely taking that sophomore jump yeah. in performance and that's exciting to yeah. see um a player that i think will be uh pretty highly drafted in next season's yeah, draft I think so too with calvin ridley as one of his receivers too absolutely all right so let's talk now about broncos chiefs we have to you can't argue it um <laughs> the nathaniel hackett era has officially ended Praise the lord this team showed little to no fight last week against an injury riddled rams team led by baker mayfield uh jerry judy is the lone bright spot on this offense and this should be another week where he's fantasy viable however monitor his status as he left practice early on wednesday with a trainer so mm. That's still up in the air. We're recording this Wednesday uh, early evening. So 
continue to monitor Jerry Judy. There will be more practice reports that come out throughout the week. Uh, keep an eye on that one. With Cortland Sutton on the other side of that, he's been a low-end flex in his last four games where he finished healthy. So that's, you know, take that for what it's yeah. worth. Um, Kansas City has been a wide receiver-friendly matchup, so I think Sutton can be a flex this week, and he is an upgrade to probably fringe wide receiver two if Judy is inactive. What are your thoughts yeah, on that? Yeah, I think that's fair. Like you said, especially if Judy's inactive, that helps Sutton's value and his floor especially. But it is a positive matchup, as you also said. Wasn't it just a few weeks ago against the Chiefs where Judy got his hat trick of receiving touchdowns? I want to say it was that game that he got that. Either way, it was yeah, a game where right. the Broncos just started slinging it, and they almost came back. Um, I'm not going to pick them. I'll go ahead and tell you that right now. But that shows you <laughs> that it, it is uh, it is conducive to good wide receiver performances at the very least, at least hopefully. Yeah, and you were, you were right about that hat trick against KC. Yeah. Um, all right, talking of KC, Jarek McKinnon has at least one receiving touchdown in four straight games. Is McKinnon a must-start against the Denver Broncos? I guess so. I guess so. I mean, his receiving work makes his floor way too high to say anything else. Yeah, he's getting it done. I agree with that. Um, Not to twist the knife, but Cam Akers went off last week for a (laughs) three-touchdown game. Does that open the door for Isaiah Pacheco, whose game more closely resembles Akers more so than McKinnon? I don't think so. Uh, Say what you want about the Broncos. I think it's very uncharacteristic for their defense to allow what was it 51 points is what it ended up being something like that yeah it was um, it was a demoralizing been a defeat, pretty good defense sure. all season so i wouldn't just say after one horrible week that you're just going to want to start every running back that the chiefs have on the roster like no i know yeah. you're only talking about the second one but still no right well i mean it's it's do or die time so yeah. if you've got pacheco on your bench it might feel enticing to play him I'm more inclined to say yes, roll the dice on it because of how K-Makers performed, but I can certainly understand a more conservative approach if you have better depth at the position. Yeah, yeah that's not unfair. Um, and the last thing I'll say, every time we start to regain trust for Juju Smith-Schuster, he puts up another disappointing performance and the cycle restarts. After watching the Rams throw all over Denver, Surely a Patrick Mahomes-led offense can support more than just Travis Kelsey, am I right? Yeah, this will say yes, too. <laughs> I think that Kelsey, okay. McKinnon, and Juju should all be fairly safe. Okay. Uh, both picking the Chiefs in that one. Let's move on to the next one, another divisional matchup. It's it's crazy how the schedule makers do these things yeah. towards the end <laughs> of the season. Um, Miami Dolphins at New England Patriots. And the top story has to be Tua Tagovailoa. He is back in concussion protocol. Mm. This is, I want to say, his fourth time of the year. Yeah, it might be. Um, it's, it's at least three. And he was hospitalized with head trauma just a couple months ago. This has been difficult to watch all year. Um, I was talking about it with our dad earlier and just even talking about how much how much longer does Tua have in this league is he going to make it past his rookie contract and really get paid before you know injuries force him out of the league? It's it's a, yeah, it's, sad. it's a disappointing and, and unfortunate situation. Yeah, I think if he if he ends up um, having to kind of I guess retire due to injuries before he even gets out of a rookie contract, it could be a big deal for him. I think it could be a turning point for. I mean, even this season with what's happened to him has been a turning point for concussion protocols to some degree. But I think if that was to happen. Could maybe make a lot of things change, 
by kind of being the poster boy of what can go wrong for a player in the league. Um, I don't know, just something yeah. to think about, but it is sad. Certainly. Um, on that same note, Teddy Bridgewater has been named the starter for Week 17, so no questions heading into Sunday on that one. Um, I think that Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle are lineup yeah. locks regardless of who's the starting quarterback. Bridgewater's um, competent enough. And yeah, and and with the running back, former Broncos, yeah. so you know he's yeah. good. Um, but Wilson, uh, <laughs> which will oh, yes. Russell? I thought you meant Zach. No. Well, that um, too. <laughs> I hope Zach Wilson goes to the Broncos. That'd be Please sweet. Please move on. Um, so, <laughs> all right. So with both running backs available, neither Wilson nor Mostert are safe options. Um, you can stop me if you think I'm wrong, but I think lower expectations against New England in general. Um, but if they are both available, I, I don't think you can trust either one. Yeah, uh, I keep on every time we talk about him, I think about the one trade I did this season, and like Devontae Smith's performance last week could have helped me enough to win the championship, and that's a player I got in return for mm-hmm. those two players. So very happy I made that decision yeah. because yeah, it's hard to pick one, but it probably only will be one that will be valuable. So it's t- it's tough. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's and like I said, lower expectations, a tough matchup, and they're kind of uh, cannibalizing each other's yes. values. Moving on to New England, the home team, the three-point favorites, which, you know, after the Tua news, not as surprising. Um, But let's talk about this. Ramondre Stevenson, another one of your players, has seemed touchdown dependent recently due largely to the fact that his passing game usage has dropped significantly, not only in targets slash receptions, but also in yardage. Six catches for one yard combined over his last three games. That's pretty much non-existent. Yeah, uh, he basically was kind of like a Austin Eckler Jr. <laughs> still, like, he might even still be a top 10 running back in rankings, but he's still a junior because Austin Eckler's just in a league of his own for fantasy. But yeah, I mean, there were games we'd get like nine receptions. It was absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And just two weeks ago, he had over 100 rushing yards by quite a bit. It was like 190 total yards, maybe. Maybe I'm thinking of a different player. It was a lot. I don't know. Whatever it was. So, yeah, it's uh, difficult to see him put up that performance in week one of my finals. But you still got to trust him. Um, so I, I think that he's still a lineup lock. Okay. I, mean, I, I don't I don't necessarily disagree. I think it's more just maybe uh, lower expectations with what you've seen from him. Sure prior to this stretch um with damian harris and his thigh injury monitor his status he hasn't played since week 12 but if he's active i would view him as a touchdown dependent flex uh maybe a desperation play considering how much time he's missed what are your thoughts on that? yeah i i think that since he first struggled with injuries this season and stevenson kind of took over there was a point in time where they would him and Stevenson would just alternate drives, but now that Stevenson's mm-hmm. kind of emerged as the top dog ahead of Damian Harris, it's hard to trust Harris at all if Stevenson's active. Or even if he is inactive. I think he even had an opportunity when Stevenson's inactive and he still wasn't like that great of a play. Um yeah, I don't even yeah. I'm not sure if that happened, but it's still No, that's fair. Fair. Last person I want to talk about on this team, Jacoby Myers, had four consecutive games with single-digit scoring before last week's return to form, where he caught six of seven targets for 83 yards and a touchdown, good enough to finish as wide receiver 10 on the week. Are you more inclined to believe he's back to the flex plus option we saw earlier this season, or was week 16 a fluke for Jacoby? 
Wasn't the touchdown he caught, like, really weird? I don't know if you were watching it live. I think it was something um, like he got batted I, out of a different receiver's hand, and then he was just behind him by, like, three yards and then just caught it right at the goal line. It was something weird. So I don't recall if that. If I'm thinking maybe. of the wrong week, I guess that I th- it had to be last week. I don't know. Let's try to put that aside. I, I, I wouldn't be wanting yeah. to I really... I mean, 6 for 7 for 83 on its own is solid. Yeah, but, I mean, a lot could have come from that one play is my point. But I would I would not be really trustful of Myers in my fantasy finals because of how many games he mm-hmm. was single digits. So I think it's definitely risky. The fact that you know the yeah. player he can be, that adds some assurance, but it's a risky play. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think you're wrong. And, and when you're when you're in this kind of when you're in this stage of the season you can't wait and see if it if a trend develops you have to make a decision and live with it and if you're playing jacoby myers you have to be aware of the risks associated those single digit floors are i just don't know if he has high enough Um, ceilings to make you feel comfortable for what his floors have been that's why i would be leaning towards not starting him i mean as a flex as a flex i think anything above above double digits you know, anything above single digits, rather, is uh, is usually strong. Yeah. But um, that's not, not unfair. It depends on league size and a lot of other things. Yeah. But yeah, I think the the takeaway here is it's a risky play. Um, let's pick this game. Dolphins are three point underdogs. Who are you picking? I think I'm gonna take the Dolphins. I'm sorry. Okay. No, no, thank you. I, <laughs> okay. I was hoping to not have to. I was hoping to not have to pick against New England. Yeah. Um, in this game, and so I'm I'm happy with that. Um, hope it works out for me. All right, let's talk about Colts at the Giants next. And Nick Foles looked awful on Monday Night Football. Former NFL, or not, sorry, not NFL, <laughs> Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. Uh, why do you think the Colts continue to start others ahead of Matt Ryan when the others aren't any good? That is a great question. Uh, so much blame, for whatever reason, is being placed on him because he was the quarterback that suffered the biggest NFL comeback last week and then the Super Bowl against the Patriots when he was at the Falcons like it's the defense I mean I know that if he keeps on scoring the offense (laughs) then the team can't come back but it's the defense that allows all those points I don't know it's unfair Mm -hmm. when they decided to go with Sam Ellinger that seemed completely Mm -hmm. random and then was the coach Frank Reich the one that got fired it was like two weeks mm-hmm. after that decision he got fired. So I don't know if Jeff Saturday is trying to be out in two weeks. That's unlikely. I feel like he's done actually kind of decent <laughs> since he's taken over. But Well, they're one and four since his, uh, yeah, but it, since it was, his arrival. He was working with very little. So not, not amazing, but I'm just meaning it's not like he's going to get fired before the season ends. I would be surprised personally. I don't know. Um, yeah. Not a Colts fan. As the interim head coach, it, as the interim head coach it, they typically ride it yeah. out. Um, yeah, I don't know why they do it. It's, it's uh, perplexing. Yeah, and I, and I feel bad for Matt Ryan. Obviously, I didn't feel bad for him in the Super Bowl where the Patriots came yeah. back, but um, I feel bad for him now at this stage in his career. Like he's like thirty-seven years old, and he's on his on his first team other than the Falcons for the first time in his career, yeah. and they're just really not treating him very no. well. One of the most um, consistent quarterbacks. What he has one of the most consistent careers of any quarterback. I mean, yeah, he's had a very good absolutely. Career. No argument yeah. there. Um, it's it's weird and it's it's sad. Yeah. Um, on that same note, Michael Pittman, I think it's downgraded to maybe like Drake Flundon 
flex level value with this quarterback change. Um, he's going to continue to get targets, but I think the yardage total and the touchdown upside is kind of uh, on the downward trend, yeah. and um, that's not good. He's got high enough. Floor. Lastly, you know, I, wanna... I love him, um, but yeah, his just yeah, his value a little bit. I mean, I think he he scored single digits last week. That's not the best floor. No, but you um, you know that he is still higher than so many of these other flex players we're talking about. Like, hey, Jacoby Myers or Michael Pittman? Please, please tell me it's not Pittman. That's no, that's that's not a well. Yeah, tell me it is Pittman. <laughs> Don't make an argument against that. I'm just saying I think it's you know he's getting downgraded because of the quarterback yeah. change. Um, Last thing I want to talk about, the Chargers have been below league average against running backs in fantasy, uh, but the fact that neither uh, Colts running back accomplished much on the ground last week gives me little to no confidence in starting either uh, in Week 17. So I think it's really Michael Pittman, and that's it. Yeah, that's... Who would have thought? I mean, I'm unaware because I do not roster him. Jonathan Taylor's on IR. There you go. Yeah, I'm not looking to start... Yeah, yeah. I, I knew he'd been quiet recently, but that, that makes sense. Yeah, Zach Moss and Deion Jackson did not a lot against Yeah, I, really I was fairly certain he defense. didn't play. I just didn't know if they had any chance for this week. But yeah, I wouldn't be looking to start any of those backup guys either. Mm-hmm. Moving on to the Giants. Uh, Daniel Jones is the QB 10 wow. on the season, uh, but with only one top 10 finish over the past five games, surely you have better options at quarterback. Yeah. Uh, moving on, Saquon Barkley is the only lineup lock, and then all Giants pass catchers are touchdown dependent. Isaiah Hodgins, uh, Richie James, and Darius Slayton are all boom-bust flex options. Uh, you're picking the Giants in this one. Uh, if Matt Ryan were playing, I might yeah. bet against them, yeah. but it's it, Nick Foles looked horrible. Yeah. Like He hadn't played football in 40 years. He looked really yeah. bad. Um, all right, let's go on to the next game. Saints at Eagles. Alvin Kamara and Chris Olave uh, monitor his hamstring situation. Are both lineup locks if healthy? Uh, Chris Olave has been consistent, but very underwhelming lately. Mm-hmm. Barely eclipsing that double-digit threshold um, of a flex-level competitor. So you know what you're going to get from him. And if he finds the end zone, you're going to have a bigger day. But otherwise, he's kind of wavering around 9 to 12 points a week. Um, I'll ask you this. It's kind of a, a home run play. You know, if if you need it, you're going to go for it. Should fantasy managers start Taysom Hill at tight end this week? He's possibly the most unpredictable player in fantasy football. Yeah, I'm just trying to look at stats, and since he's a tight end, it shows like double-digit points, but literally dashes for all the stats because he must have gotten them some other way um yeah if you need <laughs> he doesn't yeah if you need the boom bring in Taysom hill but it is a desperation play absolutely yeah. uh moving on to the other side eagles five and a half point favorites at home maybe because the uh jalen hurts situation is a little bit sketchy at this point at this moment yeah, but doesn't matter uh, monitor his availability although yeah, real bold pick there. You're making it real difficult for me to make a comeback, yeah, I'll tell well, you that. I mean, um, go- <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I mean, you're going to talk <laughs> about okay. Gardner Minshew. I mean, Hurts is amazing, yeah. but how Gardner much Minshew- does it really hurt them as far as winning games? I don't know. Right. No, Gardner Minshew performed well enough at Dallas to support A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard. 
those three remain lineup locks. And we talked about Gardner Minshew possibly making your starting lineup in a 10-team league. Maybe that's a little... It's a little bold considering, you know, we've only seen him do it once this year. But if you're in the situation where you had to start him last week, you probably don't have better options for this week. He might be the um, best backup QB in the league. I don't even think that's bold. Uh, I'd have to, I'd have to think about that. And he's young, one, too. You might... Like, the Eagles have really turned around their Ish. franchise. I know that they've made yeah, a lot I of mean, good I trades. Think... And I think that he's a great backup QB to their young QB who's finally... I mean, this was almost looked at as Hurts last season, potentially, if he didn't step it up. Uh, maybe that is too short of a timeline, but those questions were still being mm-hmm. asked, and he's proved everyone wrong that doubted him for sure. Most definitely. Um, let's talk about the running backs for a, or, or more specifically, Miles Sanders. He rushed 21 times for 65 yards, his third lowest efficiency game on the season. Uh, Sanders' touchdown upside is too high to bench him, in my opinion, and that's ironic considering he scored zero touchdowns last season. Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it's funny to see how the turnaround, but you expected a positive regression. I think that, um, and we said this last week, it didn't seem to pan out, though. If Hertz is out, I think you got to feel better about Sanders' chances of getting a rushing touchdown, at least one. But, yeah, I think his ceiling is too high. I mean, he can just... I think his floor is high enough to where you can live with whatever he gets but what he can get on your bench if he booms is so demoralizing so yeah i think that he has to make your lineup agreed uh both picking the eagles in that one and you're taking over for this way out yeah here we go so panthers at buccaneers divisional matchup so the panthers i believe um nfc offensive player of the week deontay foreman um, he bounced back from his 0.9 yards per carry performance in week 15, and in week 16, he had 21 carries for 165 yards and a touchdown. However, it's not just this backfield, as Chuba Hubbard also had an extremely efficient day with 12 carries for 125 yards. Neither RB had a reception, so it's hard to get a floor if they don't absolutely boom on the ground. Um, Hubbard has been more of that player, but it's not like he gets a ton of receptions, just more than Foreman. But I'll ask you, are both running backs borderline starters this week after that performance? Yeah, probably. Um, you know, both players did do pretty well last time these teams played. Um, obviously, and we've kind of talked about it, but I, Deontay Foreman is the preferred option of the two. Um, and you can see that from, you know, the, the discrepancy in volume yeah. that each player is getting uh, in favor of Foreman. So I feel more comfortable starting Foreman if I have to this week. Um, and I think that Chuba Hubbard could be a... Uh, middle of the pack flex. Yeah, I think that Foreman, you got to feel pretty decent about starting him after that performance, even though Week 15 was so bad. And I think that Chuba Hubbard is a little bit more of desperation. But, I mean, he's proven to be able to rush for 125 yards, and not many players can say that um, compared comparatively to the other players that are around the same value, at least. Sure. So Sam Darnold posted a season high of, hold your breath, 15 pass completions and 250 passing yards while maintaining his streak of one passing touchdown and zero zero interceptions in four straight games. So that's something. (laughs) Um, DJ Moore has had back-to-back games with a receiving touchdown and 70-plus receiving yards. So is this enough consistency to make a starting fantasy lineup in the fantasy playoffs? I think yes. Um, DJ Moore also had a good game against Tampa Bay last time they played. Um, I think it does hurt them a little bit that this is going to be in Tampa Bay. Yeah. Uh, but 
I think DJ Moore is... You know what to expect from him at this point. He is boom-bust, and if you need the upside, you play him. If you don't, you play someone safer. Yeah, that is not unfair. I'll move on to the Buccaneers. Uh, Leonard Fournette had 20 carries and 9 receptions. 9 receptions. Whereas Rashad White had 7 carries and 4 receptions, but also 1 receiving touchdown, which kind of saved his day. Um, even though White... Yeah, the only receiving touchdown of the game. There you go. I, yeah, I'll talk about Brady a little bit later, but yeah, that's true. <laughs> even though Rashad White has often been listed as the starter for the past few games, you have to feel more comfortable or and confident in Fournette's fantasy value this week, right? Wouldn't you agree? I mean, 9 receptions and 20 carries. Yeah, no, the, the volume, uh, much like uh, the Panthers, the volume is severely lopsided yeah. to one player, and it in this instance, it's Leonard Fournette. Yeah. Um, I I don't disagree. Yeah, I wouldn't be looking to start Rashad White. I think he's too risky. Um, I think you have to hope if you have Fournette that they're going to trust him in the game that they're needing to win to get in the playoffs, or I know that it would help them mm-hmm. if they just went out. I'm sure that that's what they need to get it done. Um, yeah. So trusting in Fournette seems more likely than turning to Rashad White at this moment. Um, just my perspective on it. And uh, yeah, Tom Brady, mm-hmm. hate on him a little bit. Three straight games with two <laughs> intercep- two interceptions. I feel like six interceptions in three games has got to be really, really uncommon for him. But he's got super high standards, of yeah. course. Um, but he is still throwing plenty of completions. The issue for the pass catchers is how many of those are going to running backs. Um, Chris Godwin hasn't had a single... It hasn't had a single digit fantasy performance since week one. I haven't realized that, but he, it, I have noticed how uh, much more consistent he has been than Mike Evans, who hasn't had more than five receptions since week eight, and he only has three receiving touchdowns on the season. That is a very low metric for a player that you would expect to be close to leading the league in receiving touchdowns. Um, yeah, and he's had a few dropped this yeah. year that would have been touchdowns that would have put him closer to you know five or six i remember one rant you lot, had early but... in the season about a bad drop by evans i think it was against the Panthers. it was against carolina yeah, was. by the way yeah yep. yeah so in weeks 12 through 16 mike evans's best performance placed him as the wide receiver 29 for that week um i was a little bit hesitant previously when you asked me similar questions about can you start mike mm-hmm. evans but i think i'm fully on board with benching him and it's it's hard to say but if i had him i probably wouldn't be hard to say honestly so I'll acknowledge yeah, that. Yeah, that's that. That's that's fair. Um, he has been brutally disappointing. Um, you know, important to note: eight or nine targets in four of those last five games, as you mm-hmm. mentioned. And against Carolina, he put up a wide receiver ten stat line. So there is a chance that this is the game for mike evans it really depends on who you have what you need um it's all very subjective um but just know that mike evans has not looked like the player he's looked like historically he has lost his must start status at the very least but not saying you have to bench him but yeah you can um and it wouldn't be looked at as a bad decision and hopefully hindsight doesn't prove differently for you uh russell gage led the wide receivers <laughs> well, in receiving yeah. yards in week 16 with 65 and he also had two receiving touchdowns in week 15 but he's probably still too risky for me to be looking to start i'd be looking to start probably fournette and godwin honestly that's probably it yeah uh, and and certainly if you're not willing to start mike evans you're not going to start russell gage yeah, i agree 
taking the Buccaneers. I think that Brady's just gonna kind of get this <laughs> unlikely playoff berth for what the record will be. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they'll end up being positive barely, which that makes it. If they win out, they will be nine and so eight. So there you go. That's that's a little bit respectable. But to win a division on that, but hey. It's the other team's fault in the division. It's not Brady's fault. Um, we'll move on to Browns at <laughs> yeah. Commanders. Uh, both Deshaun Watson and Andy Dalton struggled in the high wind and cold. That's what I read about it, and it seemed like it did affect their stats. In Week 16, which seemed to impact their completion percentages, uh, Watson only had 15 pass completions and 135 passing yards. Ouch. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones had one reception <laughs> for two yards on five targets, while Amari Cooper had six receptions for 72 yards on 10 targets. So I'll ask, does this performance put Cooper ahead of DPJ and fantasy value again? Oh, man. I mean, how how can you take one week and well, suddenly it's, it's flip only, them? Well, it's only a, like a three-week sample size. It was only two weeks where DPJ looked better than Cooper. Everything, when we saw that Watson was going to be starting uh, in the particular week, we were thinking that Amari Cooper would be the better one. So it's, it's only been two weeks that DPJ, it looks like he had been the better one to have on the team. So it's not like it's that long, is my point. So, three weeks. It was three, because Houston was their first matchup with Watson. So he was wide receiver 54 in that game. This is Cooper. Wide receiver 61 at Cincinnati, and wide receiver 44 against Baltimore before becoming wide receiver 30 at Eric versus New Orleans at home. I've been talking about, I mean, everyone's been talking about how the split of home versus road for Amari Cooper has been uh, dramatic. It's been drastic. Mm -hmm. So, I'm more inclined to believe that I, I still trust Peoples Jones more than Cooper, especially on a road game. Yeah. And I know that that's not very like empirical, yes. but it, I am using the numbers to base that decision on. Yeah. Um, not really excited about starting it, either. How about that? <laughs> no, certainly not. I mean, especially with with Watson, looks like he doesn't belong on an NFL roster, let alone for how much money he's being paid. Yeah um and you know that's 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 a completely different conversation yeah. but um I'm, yeah dpj if you have both i mean why first of yeah. all but uh secondly yeah I, I i just i'm not sold on cooper and this this week is it's too important to, yeah. to take a risk on someone who has a one top 30 finish since their starting quarterback return in week that's 12 true. and or week 13 let me just bring up uh the nfl points for the browns since deshaun watson's been there um against the texans 27 uh i think i remember you saying the defense all on defense um Mm -hmm. and then next week against the Bengals, these the browns scored 10 against the ravens Browns scored 13 against the saints the browns scored 10 so not the highest scoring offense for sure um (laughs) not at all they're giving denver a run for their money at that point i think I mean, Nick Chubb still has to be a lineup lock, but he is in a touchdown drought. But, I mean, he yeah, almost gets you double-digit points just from his rushing yards. So he's just yeah. he's too good to bench. And then David Njoku Agreed. hasn't scored double-digit fantasy points without a receiving touchdown since he returned from injury in Week 11. And, yeah, I, I don't think you can look to be starting him with how this passing offense looks. This offense in general looks. Yeah, we're... We are talking a lot about a lot of pass catchers on a team that's not passing a lot, yeah. so it's kind of hard to uh, to justify yeah. starting. I mean, there's been stretches of time just one on a fly. Yeah, there's been stretches of time where at least one of these players have looked reliable, but uh, no longer. Yeah. 
Move on to the Commanders. Carson Wentz came into the game for the Commanders in Week 16 for the first time since Week 6, and he is set to be the starter in Week 17. Um, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and Jahan Dotson each caught one receiving touchdown. But with the return of Wentz, how do you value these wide receivers? Because arguably, Curtis Samuel was the most valuable. It wasn't really clearly McLaurin. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. Um, what, what we saw at the beginning of the season was that McLaurin was kind of the odd man out in this trio. Yeah. It was Curtis Samuel. Jahan Dotson was catching one to two touchdowns every yeah. game on very few receptions total. Mm-hmm. Um, and Terry McLaurin was kind of left hanging in the breeze with, you know, maybe low double digits, but not not what we've been seeing from him recently, more recently. So um, in terms of the order that you said them, McLaurin, Samuel, Dotson, I think McLaurin at least drops down to between Samuel and Dotson. Yeah. I think that I, I would still be looking to start both Samuel and McLaurin and Dotson. Still feels a little TD dependent to me, but I mean, you mm-hmm. saw what he was doing once earlier in the season, so not a bad play. Yeah. Um, talking about the running backs, because that's fun with this team. Brian Robinson had 22 carries on 44% <laughs> of snaps, but Jonathan Williams, I think, used to be a, a, used to be on the Colts, maybe, got 27% of snaps on top of Antonio Gibson getting 29% of snaps. So Robinson is the only running back worthy of a starting consideration, in my opinion, but he is still very touchdown dependent. But with Jonathan Williams being there, not that you're probably considering Antonio Gibson, but I certainly wouldn't now. And then Robinson has the volume, but needs the touchdowns. So Yeah, it, it's just funny to me that you that you decided to pick out the Colts for his uh, previous team because he's been around <laughs> the he? league quite a bit in his in his seven years. Washington for two seasons, Detroit for one, Indy for two. Uh, no games played on New Orleans, although it shows him being on the team. Mm. And then Buffalo as a rookie. So he's been around. I, th- I think maybe he's had a good game at the Colts, and maybe his picture was in a Colts uniform <laughs> for a while. I don't know. Right, um, maybe. I think I'll have to take the Commanders in this one as they're playing for their playoff hopes and dreams. Yeah, geez, I mean, we, we just spent the whole segment basically crapping on the Browns, yeah. uh, pun intended. But um nice. Yeah, I I don't I don't I don't have any I don't have any faith in Deshaun Watson to lead this I, an team to that scoring. Has scored 33 NFL points across the last 3 weeks. Uh yeah, deal. that's really and bad. Those weren't even all losses, really believe bad. it or not. All right, move on to Sunday afternoon. 49ers at Raiders. Blake's already picking the 49ers. I'll go ahead and agree with them. Agree with him. He, they're 10-point favorites. Um, George Kittle boomed with six receptions for 120 yards and two touchdowns, while Brandon Ayuk had a decent day with five receptions for 81 yards. Monitor Debo Samuel's injury status as he could make his return from injury this week, which he sustained in week 14. Um, basically, all these players I'm talking about, I think you're still starting. Last one being Christian McCaffrey, of course. But he did have a disappointing day by his standards, only having 17 touches. But I expect him to bounce back against the Raiders' defense. So yeah, all four players I mentioned, I think you can start. Um, I think I don't think Brock Purdy has a high enough floor to make your fantasy lineup, but he has been pretty consistent with where he's at. No, probably not in, probably not even in a 12-team yeah. league. Honestly, it's not a bad matchup, um, but I don't know. Yeah, maybe a good DFS. Sure. Play. Uh, I'll talk about the Raiders and. I'll add the news. Oh, you added it. Yeah, so Jared mm-hmm. Sidham I got you. Had been, has been named the starter for Week 17. I 
seems like that's the end of Derek Carr's career potentially at the Raiders. That's kind of what I'm reading with it. Whoa. Um, I mean, I haven't heard anything that drastic, but I, you know, I think if anything, they're probably just, again, I'm, I'm not great at, at knowing, uh, player contracts yeah. all the time. Um, but Derek Carr has maybe, I mean, I don't know. I, that might be a little dramatic to say that he's well, just, I've, I've seen team. that being said. So maybe it is a contract yeah. timeline that makes that look likely. So, I mean, he had three interceptions only three. I mean, he hasn't looked good. Yeah, I'll, Three interceptions only through for 174 passing yards against the Steelers last week as they lost 10 to 13 on Saturday night football. Yeah. Not ideal. Um, We'll see what Jarrett Stidham can well, do. Speaking of not ideal, it's Jarrett Stidham's first career yeah. start, and it's against one of the toughest defenses in the yeah. league. I, like, I think that talk about just trial by fire. Exactly. And Renfro and Waller come back, came back two weeks ago. I think they both had four receptions in week sixteen. Renfro caught a touchdown. I wouldn't be looking to start either of them. Way too risky. Devonte Adams had two yeah. receptions, but I. Oof. it's hard i don't think you can bench him you have to hope in that kind of that backup quarterback philosophy i was talking about earlier that he's gonna at yeah. least link up with the the top guy and he'll do enough to have a decent fantasy day so what do you think about that yeah this news I, for Devontae Adams? so so san francisco is uh more giving we'll say against wide receivers the running backs okay. And so I feel more confident starting Devontae Adams over Josh Jacobs, if given the choice. Um, I know that's kind of a unique scenario. Yeah. Um, I, but I guess what I'm trying to say is the change at quarterback, I feel more confident with Adams than Josh Jacobs. Yeah, especially um, because I think you matchup. have to start both anyway yeah. because you don't have likely better options with the ceilings that both of these players Correct. have. Um, but but you got to lower expectations. Yeah. Uh, both picking the 49ers, this could be an ugly one for the Raiders. Yeah, not ideal. Yeah. All right, we'll move on to Jets at Seahawks. Uh, pretty close spread here. The Jets' offense only scored three points in Week 16, and Zach Wilson was replaced by Chris Strebler during the game. Seems like this could officially finally be the end of Zach Wilson's time with the Jets. We'll see. Um, yeah, they, they, they have announced that they're going to move away from him uh, next season. Yeah. Do you think... I guess monitor Mike White's injury status as him being the starter in week 17 would greatly improve Garrett Wilson's fantasy value. And could he be, I already saw a headline like this, could this be his audition to be their starting QB next season, Mike White? Yeah, certainly. Um, Not that he has, he has been cleared. Though. He's been cleared of an, of an injury designation. He's nice. going to start. In okay, season. I think that makes Garrett Wilson arguably a must-start. Um, as drastic as that sounds compared uh... to... So I think a high end flex is more appropriate because Seattle's secondary is one of the best in the NFL. I just, um, yeah. Garrett Wilson with Mike I get it. White. No, I, I get where you're coming from. The Garrett so Wilson. I know, I know Garrett Wilson. I'm just saying, like, I, I would still lower expectations based on the matchup. Uh, but Garrett Wilson is but, okay on t- on track to get a good uh, target. Share. I'm just saying lowering expectations, sure, but it doesn't matter as much to me whenever I feel like there's you're not going to have the depth to start someone over Garrett Wilson when he has Mike White as his starting QB. That's kind of what I mean. So That's even fair. if you lower expectations, sure, but I think he still pretty easily makes your lineup because of what you know he can do with Mike White or better yet, just a competent quarterback. Um, so I'll ask you, in addition to this, uh, would you also be willing to give Zonovan Knight another chance if 
uh, Mike White is the starting QB in Week 17. I know it's kind of a weird question because it's a QB and a running back, but this offense is just so much better without Zach Wilson. No, it definitely is. Um, I've been saying it for years now. Uh, <laughs> Zonovan Knight it has been brutally bad yeah. the last two Get weeks. negative rushing yards, so, I think, last week. <laughs> he did. Minus two on six carries. Um, if you need a... If you need... It depends on what you need. Yeah. Um, Zonovan Knight is a risky play. Uh, he performed well in weeks 13 and 14 and was really bad the last two weeks so it's a risky play yeah. i think if you are it just depends on who you have yeah. um but it's a good matchup so yeah. with mike white in in the play i could see zonovan knight making lineups yeah i think it's risky but i think that you don't have to completely uh, turn away from him after last week just because of that QB change. All right, Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Kenneth Walker at 107 rushing yards. Um, not much else added on to his fantasy day, but, I mean, he's just such a great rusher. And DK Metcalf had seven receptions for 81 yards, so that's great. Uh, we talked about Marquise Goodwin. He was unable to capitalize on Tyler Luckett's absence as he didn't register a catch. Uh, Goodwin did miss a chunk of the third quarter after aggravating a wrist injury. Ouch. So, I mean, there was something going on. It wasn't just... A bad game, but yeah, not good. Um, monitor Tyler Lockett's injury status for Week 17, as he could, as he would be a fancy starter if healthy. But I wouldn't be looking to start any pass catcher besides Metcalf, even if Lockett is inactive. Marquise Goodwin uh, should have done better, even though he missed part of the game. And uh, yeah, uh, do you agree with that? Um, yeah, I think I think Metcalf and Lockett are starters if they're healthy. Although lower expectations, it's the theme of the episode because. Uh, the Jets secondary, also one of the best. Yeah. So it's a tough matchup for pass catchers. It's better for the running backs. So Ken Walker, Zonovan Knight, if you're looking to risk it, um, those are the better plays in this week. But you can't bench DK Metcalf. You can't bench Tyler Lockett yeah. if he's healthy. So I, I, I get where you're going with yeah. this, yeah. Um, a little fun fact. Geno Smith has had back-to-back games with only one passing touchdown after having at least two passing touchdowns in 11 games this season. Um, he had been very consistent, kind of going on a little bit of a tough stretch as far as getting those passing touchdowns. But, yeah, I think the matchup might be enough to turn me away from Geno Smith. He's kind of fallen out of consideration, I think, for most people as being a starter um, now that we're past bye weeks. But I think that start Kenneth Walker, DK Metcalf, and Lockett, if healthy, as we said. Um, this is an interesting one to pick between these two teams. I think I'm going to go... Jets. They are the slight 1.5 point favorite, but it's this close. Yeah. my So when I saw the spread, my intention on this game was to just pick the opposite of what you did okay. um, to give me a chance to make a game up. I, I like that I'm getting the Seahawks at home. Sure. Um, I am a little bit nervous that Ty Lockett won't play, and that might do me in, yeah. but... Um, yeah, that's that's kind of where my thought process is on that pick. Seahawks record seven and eight, so they have a chance. That's probably exactly what the Jets record is too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, both seven and eight teams. Yeah, interesting one for sure. All right, we'll move on to Vikings at Packers divisional matchup. 
Um, so yeah, I get to talk about Kirk Cousins. He has been the QB5, QB3, and QB6. Those have been his performances for the week over the past three weeks, which is great timing for fantasy managers who have him in the fantasy playoffs. So yeah, I view him very highly. He's throwing for a lot of touchdowns and or a ton of yards. So mm-hmm. I think that he's a good play. I, I really do. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't think there's too many people that you would... Uh, Start over him, honestly, unless you already just have an elite quarterback and you took Cousins. Also, I think I think he's guy. a good I think he's a good comp. He's a good comp to Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, at this stage. yeah yeah. It is interesting that uh, that team has both him and yeah Cousins. Uh, like I was talking about earlier. All right, T.J. Hawkinson had a career high in receptions with 13 for 109 yards and two touchdowns. Boom. Uh, like we said, he got to start him in this offense, even <laughs> if he might have a bad week here or there. It's tight end and a great passing offense. Justin Jefferson continues to shatter records in his young career. It's I think it was 1,600 receiving yards or something. Uh, he's like this. There's many players that have done that twice. I don't know if it's 1,600. Many players who have done that twice, and he's only three seasons three seasons into his career, and he's already done that twice. It's something ridiculous like that. Um, yeah. Very, very, very good player. Everyone else on the Vikings was kind of left in the background, but Dalvin Cook is still getting enough touches to be a starter, and he still has a very high ceiling. Um, yeah, with the Packers, Aaron Jones has been struggling with very various injuries this season, so he only played in 38% of snaps in Week 16. Therefore, monitor Jones's injury status, and I would only play AJ Dillon if Jones was inactive, and I would still probably feel fairly confident in Jones if you get some assurance that he's not going to be this limited but that can be hard to come by um but yeah do you Mm -hmm. agree like you're not looking to start Dylan unless Jones is literally inactive and then it's a consideration yeah I think it's probably more than a consideration at that point but yeah I I don't even if he's got he got pretty good volume last week but I need Jones to be gone to feel super comfortable um with starting Dylan all right, with the pass catchers, monitor Christian Watson's injury status as he seems like the Packers wide receiver one when healthy as he had six receptions in the first half before being forced out of the game due to injury. This is might even already be a season high in receptions and he played half the game. Um, if it's not a season high, it's very high up there. Um, but I'll ask you, is this is a great matchup against the Vikings pass defense, would you be considering starting Romeo Dobbs if Watson was inactive or just considering Alan Lazard? Um, no, I think honestly, both of them, and I talked about this at least, at least last week, but I think the last few weeks that, um, they are all kind of similar in quality, uh, for your fantasy lineup. Yeah. They are touchdown dependent at times, boom bust, um, just, you know, but, but everyone's putting up yards against Minnesota. Yeah. So especially through the air. So it's a good opportunity if one of those three is inactive that I think, you know, the other two take a slight bump up. And if they're all active, I think that Watson is a pr- the safest starter. And then probably Lazard? Or do you not feel comfortable? I mean, is the matchup good enough to where you feel like you can start two pretty easily? It's just about maybe deciding who that second one is. Yeah, no, and, and, I, and I do prefer Lazard ahead of Dobbs. Yeah. Um, We've seen more success from Lazard this season than Dobbs. It just seems like um, if you're picking one of those two beyond Christian Watson, it's Lazard. Why are the Packers the favorite? I know that the Vikings defense... They just took down the mighty Dolphins. 
Oh my gosh. Okay, I will take the Vikings. I know the last time okay. it was surprising that they were the underdog. It it was yeah. they actually did lose. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna take the Packers in this one. Uh, just just because. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I don't know yeah. if I get this one. Yeah, I'm trying to make up a difference here. Um, That's really all there is. To let's it. go on to the next yeah. one. Rams at Chargers, um, the battle of SoFi Stadium. So the yes. Rams, their offensive performance got Nathaniel Hackett fired. If that didn't happen, maybe he would have at least got to finish the regular season. Who knows? But I don't know. It's hard <laughs> to tell. But I, I, I think it's. I, I don't think it's entirely fair to put this one game as it was the straw that broke the camel's back yeah it was the straw that well that's what i mean like they probably give him these last daniel hackett has been incompetent since week one when he couldn't figure out how to put his hands together to signal a timeout yeah like oh my Uh, gosh i was i actually watched a decent part of that game i was like oh this could be exciting nope (laughs) whatever all right cam makers there is some positivity for this offense. Obviously, they put up 51 points last week, NFL points. Cam Akers was the RB1 in Week 16 with 23 carries for 118 yards and three rushing touchdowns and also adding two receptions. Yeah, remember remember yards. when you turned your nose up at me suggesting he was a flex? Yeah, like you expected this. Whatever. He is trending <laughs> in the right direction, to be fair. He played 76% of snaps in Week 15 and 75% in Week 16, so I think he might be a must-start against the Chargers' rush defense, which is not usually great. Um, yeah, I mean, he's getting the snap percentages. I think he can start him pretty safely. Yeah, I well, I think, again, so the matchup is good. Um, but outside of last week's performance, he's been kind of like a flex-level running back. Yeah. Um, just kind of, you know, low double digits. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't expect another three-touchdown performance. But the fact that he is getting more snaps is great. So... I, I like his, I like him for his upside. Yeah, I really wonder what his value in fantasy drafts will be next season. It might actually be a value, be an interesting him, one. Honestly, I don't know. Who knows? Or people will just buy yeah. back into the hype because there's no RB two that really scares you. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, Tyler Igby. Yeah, and you, you gotta gotta factor in how teams draft True. in the real NFL True. draft. So yeah. Absolutely. Tyler Higby had nine receptions for 94 yards and two receiving touchdowns. This was Higby's most reception since week four. Um, is he back? That's what I'll ask you. It's a tough question after seeing just one breakout performance after a long slump. Yeah. Um, I will say this. As a tight end, chase upside. So if you have Tyler Higby on your lineup, you probably don't have better options. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and roll them out. Yeah. When you said Chase upside, at first I thought you meant he has the upside of Jamar Chase. And I was like, whoa. But I know not, I know, yeah, no, not you quite. Mean, you meant uh, the verb. Uh, Baker Mayfield proved that he can be a competent NFL QB as he went 24 for 28, 230 passing yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. He got it done. I think it's 24 for 28 is the most impressive out of how much How much of this do you think is just good coaching? Because think about who Baker Mayfield has played for prior to this. I couldn't tell you a name. How about that? Okay. Well, yeah, that's that's like that's expected. That's okay. well. I mean, he's he's dealt with a lot of different coaches. That's been kind of revolving doors. I know that for sure. Well, especially in Cleveland, yeah. Matt Rule was that the Panthers' coach at the beginning of the season? Yes. There you go. 
And then and all of us and season. various Browns coaches that I can't name. Mm-hmm. If you even okay. if you, yeah, there would be no circumstance I could do it. How about that? Chargers. Justin <laughs> Herbert has had two <laughs> passing touchdowns and three interceptions across his past four games, which is strange. Wow. Considering it seems like this team's really finding their stride, the perfect time uh, to go into the playoffs. It seems likely that they'll get in. Uh, despite this, for. Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams are still both must-starts, and Austin Eckler is too, of course. But to go back to Herbert, is he worth the risk in the fantasy playoffs? He put up a QB3 performance just a few games ago in Week 12, and we know what he can do when all his weapons are healthy. So it's kind of weird that he's been struggling recently. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I'm certainly on the same track as you. He had that, that month-long stretch where he was a top-10 option and playing very well. Yeah. Now coming off of two favorable, arguably favorable yeah. matchups against quarterbacks, and he's been really bad. So I think, honestly, unless you have, like, okay, so here, here we didn't actually get this far down the list when we were talking about Jared Goff, but would you rather have Jared Goff? Oof. Oof. Wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, I think somehow Goff is safer. That's weird. Ooh. I think if I had Herbert, I'd yeah. be more confidently saying Goff. How about that? If I was seeing Herbert do this on my team. So I'll try to take that perspective because that is a more knowledgeable perspective of what he's doing because just name value, mm-hmm. that's so hard to say. But Goff's been on a consistent hot streak. And, you know, more interceptions than touchdowns across the past four games is troubling. Yeah, no doubt about it. I'm going to take the home um, team in this one. To... <laughs> To answer my own question, yeah, the home team. To answer my own question, I think I would. Gosh, it is a tough question. It's weird that it's tough, but it makes sense. It is. Just the names. Yeah. Um, So I think, given the matchup, that's kind of the other side of it. Uh, I think I'm still going to start Herbert. I I really do. I mean, it's so hard. Like, he's got all of his weapons. Well, and the other thing too is like let's let's also separate the fact that Goff is QB nine, Herbert's QB eleven. In general, I trust Herbert more than oh, Goff. Oh, for sure. So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna pick Herbert. That's why it's difficult. I know. For me. I'm not. I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying anything groundbreaking. I'm yeah. just saying that it's kind of contradictory to the numbers that we're. But looking it at. is. It's it's a debate that could be had, um, which is surprising for this week at least. Yeah, let me clarify that. Picking, we're both picking the Los Angeles team, the Chargers. <laughs> both Let's talk about Sunday night football. Yeah, uh, Sunday night football. We have Steelers at Ravens. Um, I think divisional matchup for sure. I want to say this was a division matchup, yeah, yeah, stinker yeah, yeah. in the past. But I think that's just been a lot of Steelers games, so I could be mixing it up. Who knows? Um, Najee <laughs> Harris has unsurprisingly only had three games with single-digit fantasy scores this season, despite feeling extremely mediocre for where you probably drafted him. Yeah, and that's a lot of games with like ten or eleven points, but that's still that's still a floor. <laughs> that's still a floor. Yeah, I mean his season average is twelve and a yeah, half in PPR. But I was kind of surprised to see that. Uh, Pat Fryermuth returned to form, having his highest snap percentage since week two. I think he had zero receptions week fifteen. So. Yeah, I think you could feel better about him after what he did last week, getting more receptions than zero and playing, being highly involved in the offense. And then, as we say every week, Deontay Johnson and George Pickens are both still flex plays. Uh, it is worth noting, Pickens caught Kenny Pickett's only passing touchdown in Week 16. So, you know, it's hard. I guess he's probably more of the boom play, and Johnson should be safer. But, yeah, 
they're both borderline starters. Yeah, we've been saying it for weeks that this team is just a bunch of, it's a collaborative group of flex plays. Um, I do want to mention, just because I think it's interesting and very uh, relevant to his struggles, Najee Harris's receiving stats basically across the board um, were essentially cut in half this year coming off of his rookie season. So, uh, I mean, 49 targets currently versus 94 targets as a rookie, 38 catches currently compared to 74 receptions as a rookie. It's just across the board, other than touchdowns where they're only one apart, it's 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 uh, shocking. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what that one game was early on in the season last year. Yeah, 19 <laughs> targets and 14 receptions 19, in week yeah. three. I mean, that definitely inflates the stats, mm-hmm. but overall it's definitely still very true and explanatory for why he's kind of struggled this season compared to last all right, let's talk about the Ravens. Definitely. Monitor Lamar Jackson's injury status as his return would likely greatly improve this offense. Uh, in Week 16, mm-hmm. Tyler Huntley only had nine pass completions and 115 passing yards. Mark Andrews has Oof. averaged 5.76 fantasy points across the past three games. So I'll ask, are you considering benching Andrews if Lamar is still inactive? This is one where the name value is so yeah. hard to turn away yes. from. Um but who do you honestly have on your lineup that has as big of a ceiling as Mark Andrews well, at tight end? I know that this is a very, it would be a really fortunate example if you find yourself in this position, but like I would confidently start Evan Ingram over Mark Andrews. But um, yeah, no, I'm not saying there aren't players that exist, like, but that, nine pass that, completions. That, like, you, you, you want, no, I get it, I get it. Um, that has been as low as since, if since Lamar the, the comp the complicated issue though is you're not going to likely know with it being Sunday night football oh, tough. Um, I'm, I'm still inclined I think if you have Mark Andrews uh, barring an obvious starter that's been consistent lately yeah. I think you have to start Mark Andrews anyway yeah. uh, it's just don't how about this abolish the tight end position in fantasy and just add another flex yep, to your that's lineup. What that's done. what I that's say. That's what we've done for sure. I mean, but to add on to what you're saying, your perspective, like Mark Andrews is the ceiling that could win you your matchup if Lamar's there. So just throwing him in there and hoping that that's the case it could be enough. Uh, this backfield's mm-hmm. been interesting. J.K. Dobbins has or had 12 carries for 59 yards and zero receptions. Well, Gus Edwards had 11 carries for 99 yards and zero receptions. It's a little troubling. It seemed like for Dobbins had some standalone value, but Edwards was even more efficient. But I think with Lamar coming back, I wouldn't be that excited about starting either of them. I guess more likely Dobbins. He has been very good since coming back from injury, but it's just so hard to predict in this backfield, especially with Lamar being there. But I think if Huntley's the starter, which again, you might not be able to tell, like you're saying, um, before you make your lineups mm-hmm. because it's Sunday Night Football, I think you got to feel pretty good about the running backs because they are very happy to run. Um, when Huntley's under center, apparently. I guess I'll take the Ravens. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I will, uh, I'll join you on that yeah. one. All right. Uh, Monday Night Football. Here we go. Bills at Bengals. This could be a yeah, really great good one. Uh, Devin Singletary had 12 carries for 106 yards and one touchdown and two receptions, while James Cook had 11 carries for 99 yards and a touchdown and one reception. 
Um, I expect the game script against the Bengals to be much different than against the Bears in Week 16. We already talked about that a little bit earlier. Um, so what do you do if you roster either of these running backs? Can you trust either of them? Can you trust both of them? I don't know. Neither. Gosh, I don't know. Um, I think the challenge has been recently that Devin Singletary's kind of been losing his role to yes. just uh, game script, yeah. we'll call it, because it's not really going to James Cook, no. but it's also not going to Devin Singletary. So um, I think Singletary can be... I, I feel more confident with Singletary than I do Cook. Um, sure. And I'm kind of just thinking through this as we go um yeah if you have Singletary he's been good enough lately to be at least a flex I think if you have Cook if you are just looking to take it take a risk then you play I won't take a risk but yeah I mean you see what his ceiling can (laughs) be I don't know you know so there you go yeah um all right, Josh Allen only threw for 15 pass completions, 172 passing yards, so this was an unusual rushing day for the Bills' offense. Um, Stephon Dix would bounce back for sure. Did you mean passing? Oh, you mean like they rushed more than yes, they passed. Yes, it was unusual for them to have such a high rushing day compared to... I yes, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, Stephon Dix will bounce back for sure, I feel. And I still feel like Gabe Davis is too unreliable. He got a touchdown in this last one, but I wouldn't. I don't want to put everything on someone who's touchdown dependent but hey he's a risk yeah. lol but dawson knox mm-hmm. has had three straight games with one receiving touchdown seems like he's finding his stride um picking up kind of where he left off mid-season last season um right being a threat there so i think that he could be a decent tight end play and uh sometimes that's all it takes is getting some reliable touchdowns and you're like a borderline elite tight end already um yeah and then with the Bengals, uh, you know very little very, very little to talk about for a team that has a lot of starters, which usually doesn't happen. But, you know, everyone did their thing. You're starting Joe Burrow. You're starting Joe Mixon. You're starting Jamar Chase. You're starting T. Higgins. I mean, that's really it. Everyone had a decent day, and uh, there's really no one else outside of that. I'm not looking to... St- I think Tyler Boyd is questionable, even if he's active. I'm not looking to start him. Kind of a low-end flex. We know he can get it down if he gets a touchdown. But outside of that, I mean, P. Ryan has no value with Mixon being there, and... Hurst is injured. There's nobody else. It's Burrow, Mixon, Chase, Higgins. You got anything to add? Yeah. No, I think that's all. I think that's all good. Um, I'm just waiting to see who you're going to pick in this game because I might go opposite. Oof. Okay. I think Bills. I think they okay. still have that I mean, chance I'll... of clinching the number one seed. I think they just have to. I don't. Did they beat the Chiefs? You were at that game. Did they? Yeah, beat they, the did. Chiefs? they did. Okay, so yeah, I think they if if they both went out, that gives it to the Bills, I believe. I think they both have the same record at the moment. Yeah, based on yeah, it's based a on much uh, tougher matchup for them this week than the Chiefs have against the Broncos. I'll say, but hey, if they both just keep winning, so <laughs> most definitely they got something to play for. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm gonna take the Bengals as the home team. I think that hey, I mean and they've clinched their division, right? Sorry, the Bengals. Uh, at eleven and four, Good figure technically no, really? because Baltimore is one game behind. But they've clinched a playoff berth, I'm sure. Yeah, probably. At eleven wins, I would yeah. think so. Um, we'll we'll, we'll know more about that. Yeah, so I'm taking Bills, Blake's taking Bengals, and that wraps it up for our last week of matchup reviews. Wow. Yeah, we'll be back next week for uh, game predictions to complete the eighteen week 
prediction cycle, and uh, we'll have to we'll have to decide some kind of reward for who got the best record. Oh, okay, <laughs> sounds good to me. Yeah, um, or a, or a punishment for who got the oh. best. No, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, so uh, good luck in your matchups, and we will see you next week. Thanks for watching. Peace out, everybody.